the heart of art, scoping the Brussels Valley for the best artists and bringing them to your radio. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Hector Nino. Hello, good evening everyone, and welcome back to the KMU Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Uh, we have a couple of announcements today, and for the first one, um, this Friday will actually be First Friday, the first Friday of the month, and you know what that means. There's going to be a lot going on in downtown Bryan. KMU will be out there, so if you want to come play some games, get some cool swag uh, from KMU, make sure to go and say hi and play some games. Um... And apart from KMU being there, um, the there will be some local organists as well as the a wind quintet will be at St. Andrew's Episcopal Church. And the organists will be playing at 6.30 while the wind quintet will perform at 7.30 p.m. So make sure to go check these out. Um, and then also on Sunday, May 8th. Uh, at 4 p.m., the Brazos Valley Chorale will be uh, having a concert titled Identity and the Ground. And this is the final movement of Ola J.Lo's uh, Gorgeous Sunrise Mass. And this is going to be uh, a concert filled with nature themes. And it will also be outdoor in the Lake Walk Pavilion uh, in Bryan. So this will be a great experience. And it is also free admission. So if you are free on Sunday, make sure to go and check out this wonderful concert by the Brazos Valley Chorale. All right, and today for today's episode, we will be speaking to June Dudley, who is a Western-style painter, and she has a great experience. She has actually judged for the Houston Livestock Show, and uh, we have a very interesting conversation about um, where her love for art began in her ranch here in Texas. So um, this will be a great conversation, and I hope you guys enjoy. Hello, good evening everyone, welcome back to the KME Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Today in the station, we have a painter with us, and her name is June Dudley. And if you'd like to check out her work, uh, her website is junedudley.com. And you can see her works and purchase her works and even see what galleries her works are up in right now. So, hi June, how are you today? I'm great, how are you? Doing good. Very excited for a conversation today. Um, and how our interviews go, um, I like to go first over the background of my guests and see where um, that love for art kind of began. Okay. Um, so, and I was reading your bibliography, and it said that um, your love of nature came from your home. Right. Uh, right. It did. So, uh, where is this hometown, and how did that love for art begin? Well, it's in Grimes County, just okay. across from the Navasota River. All right. And my family has. Um, quite a bit of land that was actually started by my great-grandfather. He brought the first herd of Hereford cattle ever to Grimes County. Oh, wow. And so that land has been handed down uh, year by year to me and now to my kids and, and my grandkids. And I was raised on a ranch. My daddy was a cowboy, and I was with him a lot, riding horses and doing things like that. And I loved every minute of it. And it seems like uh, that has really 
strongly influenced my choice of subject matter in painting. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, all of your paintings are just beautiful landscapes of the country, you know, and it's just amazingly beautiful. Um, I was wondering, you know, if you were a country girl, where did that very detailed hand come from? Where, where did you learn to paint like that? I, I have studied with some major artists. I think I have a God-given talent, which I thank God for every day because, I, you know, they say if you love what you do, you never have to go to work. Right. And I love what I do. It's my passion. Uh, my daddy's sister was an artist, and nothing thrilled me more than to go to her home and see her brushes and her paints and look at what she had painted. When I was a little girl, she showed me some things about shading with Crayolas. And um, I, I'll never forget it. I mean, I still remember her sitting there showing me those things. It was like a light came on. And uh, so she was really my first introduction to art. Uh, I think I've been very fortunate to have studied with some great artists like Bob Wygant, Howard Turpening, J James Robinson. And uh, I'm thankful for that. And I think just the more paintings I've done, hopefully the better I've gotten. I've, I've painted about 850 paintings. I've kept a record of them. Oh, wow. That's a yeah. lot. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the way I grew up has strongly influenced uh, my choice of subject matter when it comes to painting. Mm -hmm. I mean, interesting that you mentioned, um, you know, that if you, if you love what you do, you don't have to work a day in your life. Right. Because I, I did want to talk a little bit about um, your teaching and how um, you balanced artwork and your, you know, work as a, as a teacher. Okay. Um, I bet that was difficult to do. It was difficult to do. I, I taught school for 17 years, and I taught middle school, fifth and sixth grade. Uh, both in Bryan and in College Station. I started in Bryan and finished in College Station. And most of the time, I taught math and art. Sometimes I taught both of them in one day, which was real interesting because art uses the right side of your brain and math uses the left. So I had interesting days when I was doing that. But I would do my job at school and couldn't wait to get home so I could paint. That's my passion, my love, and it got to where it was like just a struggle to try to find time to paint, and I decided the best thing I could do was just to quit teaching school. I, I taught for 17 years and pursue my life as an artist, and I really shocked some people when I did that. It didn't shock me because it's what I've always wanted to do. But uh, <laughs> I, I know I did shock some people. They thought I was crazy, but thank God it's worked out good for me. Right, it sure has. And I'm glad you took that leap. <laughs> I am glad I did too. Yes. I would do it again. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so after 17 years of teaching, uh, you retired and um, you were able to live on that ranch that you lived as a, as a little girl. Um, why did you decide to paint those nature landscapes? Like, why immobilize those moments? Oh, because, you know, I think being an artist, you see more than the average person sees because you really focus in, um, well, say clouds, for example. Um, when I'm driving, 
I, I look at the landscape, I look at clouds, and I see something that just really turns me on, and I want to capture it on canvas. Uh, there's so many beautiful landscapes out there, uh, skyscapes, just f figures. I, I, I hope I can live long enough to paint all the things that I want to paint, but I doubt that that will happen. But There's too uh, much out there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing my best to do that. And one thing about our land I, I, I want to tell you is that uh, our land, our family, has been recognized by the Texas Land Heritage uh, Program uh, in Austin. Uh, if you can document the ownership and the use of your land for a hundred years and prove that it's been used all that time for agriculture, then they recognize you as a Texas Land Heritage Ranch. Wow. And so we we did that. Uh, I did it before my parents died, so they got to uh, go to Austin with us and accept. You got uh, signs that you could put up on your land and um, papers stating that you were a Texas Land Heritage Ranch. It's actually now been about 135 years in my family. Wow. And so uh, my daddy always told me, don't sell any land. So my parents just helped. I think they developed that in me, a real sense of land and nature and all the beautiful things that God has given us. And I, I just want to capture it. And when I'm painting, I'm in another world. I, I just escape. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think even just staring at your paintings, it does feel like an escape, like you are completely in a different world. Um, I was wondering, um, there's a lot of people in your paintings as well as landscapes. And I, I kind of noticed the pattern that like the people aren't really like looking at where the painter is. They're kind of either looking completely the opposite way or a little bit to the side. Um, I was wondering why this was. Uh, you know, that's interesting. A lot of people wonder about that. Mm -hmm. uh, for one thing, I had a publisher pick me up, and uh, they produced my paintings as prints and jaclays. And early on, they told me that it would be neat if I would paint fig my figures where they're not looking at you, not looking directly at you. And... I'm not a portrait painter. I've asked, had people ask me to do portraits of them. I, I don't do that. Uh, but anyway, so they said if you will turn their heads, just see a side view or turn their heads where you just see the back of them or just not looking directly into their face, then it can be anybody's little granddaughter or anybody's girl or cousin or, or whatever. But if you show the face, then it identifies as just one person. So that's why I've, I've done many paintings like that. Uh, I guess the most popular one I've done is Boss Lady. And she's she is looking away from you. And I can't tell you how many prints I have sold of that one image. It's just been remarkable. Wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I felt like it even made the image a lot more candid, like the fact that they're not looking directly at the painter or the viewer. Um, it just made it much more of a real moment. Right. Mm -hmm. I've had, um, I've, I've got an abundance of models. Mm -hmm. I've got eight grandkids. I have, we, my husband and I have three children. 
and we have eight grandkids. And I now have, I think, ten great-grandkids. Wow. And uh, I've painted all my grandkids uh, more than once, <laughs> a, a number of times. Mm-hmm. So I've I've done a lot of paintings with a lot of figures, uh, even on the westerns, the cowboys. Uh, they are all family or close friends. Uh, I have one. We have one close friend, Stan Ketchum, who's in. He's not a related, but we consider him family. He is in many of my western paintings, and he's great. Anytime I call him and tell him I need to get a picture of him doing a certain thing, he's always happy and willing to do jump in there and help me out on that. Awesome, awesome. I was I was wondering, you know, because if you do paint your family, I I would think that. As time goes on, your paintings kind of become like record keeping of where your your grandchildren were at that moment of time right. that you painted it them, is. right? It is. It's capturing a moment in time. Right. That's awesome. Um, I think that your paintings show that relationship between nature and man very closely. And not only that, but also that clo- like tied to family. Right. Like, um, are all the people in your paintings your family? No. No. Okay. Not all. But the majority are. Right. Uh, that. We I've painted uh, some paintings where they're friends. I, I have gone to uh, Moab, Utah. I go in October, the end of October. Uh, I've been up there, I guess, about five or six times. Because of COVID, I, we had to quit going, and we haven't started back yet. But that is uh, a place where the Wranglers are just awesome. And... The scenery is so different from here. So I've done a number of paintings in Utah, and the figures in those paintings, of course, aren't aren't any of my grandkids or kids, And but they are really good friends. I, I stay in close contact with them, and they fit the uh, landscape. They just go perfectly with it. So I have done... Uh, quite a few paintings with them in them, and of course, like I said, they're not—they're not related in any way. They're just good friends. All right, all right. Um, I was wondering if you had any overarching themes across your paintings, or like a message that you want to portray to like those viewers that are um, looking at your paintings, whether that be—I don't know—like a, com- a conservation of like a certain lifestyle, or what would you say is that message that you try to to por- portray? Uh. Well, I don't know. That's a difficult question to answer. I think uh, the main thing that I would have would be to give God the glory. There's a verse in the Bible that says, whether you eat, drink, or whatsoever you do, do all for the glory of God. And I know sometimes when I'm painting, I think, how did I do that? Or, you know, I quit at night and get up the next morning and look at my painting and it looks like somebody worked on it overnight and they either improved it or they made it worse. <laughs> and so hopefully <laughs> hopefully we go for the improvement. But sometimes right. it looks worse. And I think, well, who got into this last night? So, uh, But I, I think all the beauty, everything that we have around us, uh, the talent that I have, so... I would say my overall thing would be to give God the glory. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and are those landscapes that you use only Texas landscapes, or do you use other, you know, from the United States? 
Uh, no, they're not all Texas landscapes. I, probably the majority of them are Texas landscapes. I, I love painting Texas Hill Country. And I've spent many, many hours out there on those beautiful rivers and in Lost Maples. But uh, I've done some that are located in California, some in uh, Utah, some in Arizona. Uh, I mean, across the western part of the U.S., even the eastern part of the U.S., there are beautiful landscapes and when I see something it's usually the way light is hitting it that turns me on and makes mm -hmm. me want to paint it but it's just uh, it's a never-ending game with me I always ha have like 10 pictures I'm ready to paint hmm. also is that where your creative process is like that you see something that you would like to paint and then you take a picture of it yes okay. I, I the first step in my paintings is going out, finding something you want to paint, and photographing it. So the first step is photographing it. And having been there, I mean, I paint from all my own photographs. So because I've been there, I know what it, you know, I can relate to the photograph. I know what it's like. Right. Uh, sometimes I do plein air paintings. That's where you go out and paint on location. All right. I don't do as much of that as I used to, Uh but I still, I mean, it's it's very invigorating, exciting to go out and paint on location. Right, I can imagine. Yeah, it's great. How long does a piece take you to completely finish? Okay, well, that depends on the size of the piece mm -hmm. and whether everything's working good or not. Uh, I've painted 8 by 10s or 9 by 12s in one or two days, but I've also painted them in a week. So... Mm -hmm. It depends on the size and the co complexity of the subject. Uh, if it's really, um, if it's a landscape and I'm going to put figures in it, it takes longer because of the figures. Mm -hmm. If it's just pure landscape uh, and not too big, say like 18 by 24 landscape would probably take me two weeks. Okay, okay. If, if I did like a 24 by 36, it would take three to four weeks. Mm -hmm. So it varies. Everything varies. All right. Uh, do you have any upcoming events or any upcoming projects that you'd like our audience to find out about? Well, sure. I, artists always have those. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have, uh, right now, I'm, I have an ex exhibition at the Brazos Valley Arts Council. Uh, there's like, I'm not really sure, 20, 25 paintings on exhibit there. And they will hang there until uh, May 31st, I think, is when they will come down. All right. And then I, I'm going to be in Roundup, which is at the Museum of Western Art in Kerrville. Uh, I'm not really sure the date yet. I just got my invitation, but I think it's probably in September. And then um, I do the Bosque Art Classic, which is in Clifton. And that's in September, but the paintings have to be there, or at least you have to submit for jury in by the end of this month. There's the Fippin Museum in Prescott, Arizona. I do their show, Hold Your Horses, which is in June. So there's a lot of, um, I do about, probably about eight shows a year uh, across the country. Uh, they're usually museum shows. Or gallery shows. Mm -hmm. So I constantly am trying to 
complete a work so I can meet a deadline. Right, yeah. <laughs> there's always deadlines. <laughs> right. Even in art, there's deadlines. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think uh, we are nearing the end of our interview. Um, thank you so much for blessing us with your presence here. And um, congratulations on all your huge success in your career. Well, thank you very much. Hello, good evening everyone, and welcome back to the Camia Studios. I am Hector Nino, and this is The Heart of Art. Today in the studio we have Debbie Jasek, who is a stained glass artist here in the Brazos Valley and co-owner of Brazos Glassworks. If you'd like to check out her work, you can go to the website brazosglassworks.com or visit them in historic downtown Bryan at 202B West 26th Street, Bryan, Texas 77803. Hello, Debbie. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? Doing great. Excited for a conversation. I don't really know much about stained glass, so I am willing to be educated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, actually, we're a whole lot more than stained glass. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Um, stained glass has been around forever. And, you know, one of the things that you think of when you think of stained glass, of course, is churches. And mm -hmm. the churches started stained glass all the way back into the medieval times because people couldn't read. So it was a way to convey stories when they were sitting in church. So many of the windows when you go to the old churches of Europe are actually the stories from the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Wow. <laughs> and and that. since then, you know, uh, everyone knows about Tiffany and... Uh, you know, Frank Lloyd Wright with his houses uh, used stained glass. And in fact, there's actually a whole uh, genre of stained glass called the prairie style, which is patterned after a lot of the Frank Lloyd Wright style in architecture. Wow. Uh, so we, we do stained glass. We do custom work primarily. Mm -hmm. And that actually falls on my business partner, uh, Barbara Peavy. She's been doing stained glass for years and years and years. And we also teach it. Right. And yeah. we carry all of the supplies. But some of the other things we do at the shop is in the last, I would say, 20 years, there has been a, uh, a technical evolution in glass where fused glass is very important. And what fusing is, is taking glass and putting it in a kiln and forming it into either a sculpture or a functional piece such as a bowl. I've even made spoons wow, out, of glass. out of glass. And cool. so that's something we do. And not only do we have our work, but we have work of a number of different individual artists from across both Texas and the Brazos Valley, as well as the United States, right. uh, in our gallery for people to see. Awesome. Well, I encourage people to go check out your work <laughs> that is available uh, on your website. Um, 
so in the show, I like to uh, highlight the individual person right. first. So I'd like to go a little bit on your background and where you're from and how you ended up in the Brazos Valley. Well, uh, I'm originally from down on the coast in Texas, outside of a little bitty town called Blessing, which is in Matagorda County. And like many people, I came up here to Texas A&M to go to school. I was actually in the first class that women were open enrollment on campus my freshman year in 1972. And after I graduated in 76, which was the centennial class, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, I went into the military. And I was in the military for 14 years in the Army. And when I came back, I decided to come back and take a few classes and try to figure out where I had an idea of what I wanted to do, but I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. Wound up working for Texas A&M for 23 years with the Texas Transportation Institute. Uh, I was a specialist in hazardous materials and big truck operations. And uh, meanwhile, I had been doing art, primarily jewelry, um, all along. It was a stress reliever I started in the military and continued. And so that was how I met my business partner. She was doing stained glass and we decided to form a business in her garage. Was she also in the military? No, she wasn't. She, uh, she had taken, actually took stained glass from Texas A&M. At a long time ago, they had something called the University Plus, and it was in the basement of the MSC, and oh. it was open to all uh, Aggies and their, their families. And so her while her husband was going to school, she took a stained glass class, and they moved away, and they moved back about the same time I did, around 91, 92. And... Um, Like I said, we met and decided to form a business in her garage, and we moved into downtown Bryan in 2007, and we've been there ever since. Wow, it turned out well for you guys. (laughs) Um, Was it something difficult to learn? It's a continuous learning process. Glass is a very different substance. It... Mm -hmm. um, It's almost living in some ways, and so... Even when you're an experienced artist, things will pop up, especially when you're working on it with the kiln or perhaps working with the torch doing beadwork. Um, Just when you think you've got it mastered and you become very confident, it comes back and and slaps you back into reality and says, hey, I'm going to do this. Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) So you got to like adapt as you go. Yes, you adapt as you go and you learn. There's a lot of physics and chemistry, actually, Mm -hmm. that is involved with the glass. For example, the colors of the glass. They're not made with pigments. They're made with minerals. And so, like, when I'm firing a piece, if I'm mixing the different colors of glass, there may be a chemical reaction that happens in that kiln when you heat it up to 1460, 1475 degrees. So, once you learn this, you can use that to your benefit to to make unusual things happen uh but a lot of times it's a it's a surprise you know uh i always laugh 
yeah. every time. I always laugh that fused in glass in some ways is like Forrest Gump's chocolates. You know, you mm. never know what you're going to get. Sometimes know. it's really good, and sometimes it was, oh, my gosh, what was I thinking when I did that? Right. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Would you like to remind our audience what the store hours are? Uh, our store hours are Tuesday through Friday from 11 to 6, okay. and then Saturday from 10 to 4.30. And if you want to go check their website, once again, it's brazzlesglassworks.com, and their address is 202B West 26th Street, Bryan, Texas, in historic downtown Bryan. Well, thank you so much, Debbie. I learned thank so much. You. Thank I you. I appreciate for stopping it. By. Of course, anytime. All right, you guys, that is the end of our show. Thank you so much for those tuning in. And a gentle reminder, it is going to be first Friday this Friday. So make sure you come say hi and play some cool games. And thank you, June Dudley, for helping me out with this episode and being a part of this project. Make sure to tune in next week.